This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Wow, time sure flies. Johnny, I feel like we just did a, a podcast. When we, I mean, we probably, we pretty much did, uh, but it's the blue white breakdown. Bob Flounders talking here with Johnny McGonigal, uh, the Penn State beat guys. Johnny and I are both down in Atlanta. It's a little bit late in the week. Uh, we've been down here as Penn State continues preparations for the Peach Bowl game, anticipated Peach Bowl game, noon Saturday on ESPN, Ole Miss, Penn State. I think it's it on paper to me. It really looks like one of the best matchups of the bowl season. Much like Johnny, much like last year's Rose Bowl between Utah and Penn State. Really, I think a game that the fan base is looking forward to. But I think college football fans are looking forward to seeing this game on December 30th, Saturday afternoon before the uh, semifinal playoffs. We're going to talk just about our thoughts on this matchup, who we think has the edge. Johnny, good to see you. Penn State, as we talk about this, it's late in the week. I think the last line I saw on this game was 3 3 and a half Penn State. Uh, money is moving in their direction. That doesn't mean that necessarily Penn State's going to win. But let's talk about the matchup. We've known about it for for over a month. What strikes you most about Ole Miss versus Penn State, whether it's the matchup you're going to watch or maybe the matchup that you think, if there's one or two, or the players, one or two, that, that are going to go a long way towards deciding the outcome? Yeah, Bob, I think what's most interesting about this game, and it's kind of how it was billed from the get-go, even going back to the you know, introductory press conference that Sunday, that selection Sunday, that when we talked to James Franklin and we talked to Lane Kiffin and opening those remarks was the CEO of the Peach Bowl, Gary Stoken, and he billed it then as you know the best defense in the country versus one of the best offenses in the country. I do think that kind of holds firm, right? Like Ole Miss, their style, how they want to play, uh, under Lane Kiffin, you know, with with his offensive background, with their quarterback in Jackson Dart and their running back in Quinchon Judkins, and uh, you know, playing in the SEC, still being able to put up you know over thirty points a game, uh, it, it's it's like that's their that's kind of their identity is to to hit you on, on some big plays and uh, create explosives and and put up points. And Penn State, on the other hand, is like th- this is a team that is driven all year. Uh, by their defense. And while they obviously have put up points, that's not the necessarily short sell Drew Aller and what he did in his first year starting quarterback. But everyone watching this Penn State team all year knows that uh, it was the defense and all the talent that they have on that unit uh, that got it to this point at, at 10 and 2, getting ready to play uh, in a second consecutive New Year's Six Bowl game, um, the fifth under James Franklin in his 10 seasons, uh, which is a pretty good feat. Uh, Bob, you know, obviously they haven't reached the college football playoff and, and you know, they'll have to wait for the, the 12 team uh, next season. Uh, but still, you know, this defense is just nasty and, and productive and chaotic and aggressive and disruptive and every adjective you want to throw at it. And I think that's kind of what we expect is like it's a, you know, something has to give, whether it's you know, if it's going to be a shootout, then, you know, it's old Miss. It kind of falls in old Miss's uh, lap a little bit. Uh, if it's not, if it's more of a, a, a cagey affair, then I think Penn State will like its chances. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I do. I do think as this as this game plays itself out, I do think the Penn State offense has a chance to have a significant 
impact on the outcome just because of their style of play, what they want to do. We got to see how they're going to play uh, under the direction of the co-offensive uh, coordinators, uh, Jay Wan Sider and Ty Howell, the last two games of the regular season. I mean, I know it was I know it was Rutgers and I know it was Michigan State. It certainly wasn't it was certainly wasn't Ohio State and Columbus or dealing with Michigan at Beaver Stadium. Um, too, too much easier defenses to work against. But I really thought the way that they handled the offense, the way that they got more people involved was significant. I think you're going to see that again on Saturday against Ole Miss. But, Johnny, I have to say, um, you and I were at Ford Field uh, to watch the regular season finale uh, the day after Thanksgiving where Penn State just put it on uh, Michigan State 42 to nothing. I know – I don't I want I don't want to say that Michigan State's offense was checked out of the game, but I thought they got discouraged very easily in that game and it just got worse and worse and snowballed and it was just as dominant a performance as you will see by a Penn State defense. But I, what struck me, you know, Penn State had an athletic fast defense all season on grass, but they Johnny, they were at least a step faster indoors, no weather on a fast track. It's going to be a really fast track at noon on Saturday indoors at Mercedes-Benz. I think that's an advantage for this Penn State defense. I really think um, trying to deal with this Penn State defense on on tape and then watching them and their speed in person, it's an adjustment for offenses. And I know that Lane Kiffin knows offense. I know he's got a good quarterback and a very good running back in Quinshawn Judkins. I hope I said that right. But to me, the speed of Penn State's defense, to me, I think is the is the storyline that I'm going to continue to follow. I know this isn't Michigan State, but I do think they're going to they're even faster on a surface like this. And I think it's going to be for four quarters with their depth, even without Chop Robinson, it's going to be a huge task for an old miss offensive line that I don't know, I don't believe is very good. Yeah, and you mentioned Chop, you know, him declaring for the NFL draft and opting out a uh, uh, projected first round pick right now, uh, and and for obvious reasons because he was so integral in that in that fast twitchy defense that Manny Diaz, defense coordinator, who's now the head coach at Duke, uh, you know he he won't be here calling plays either. But I do still maintain my confidence in this Penn State defense, even without Manny, even without Chop. Uh, Johnny Dixon, as we record this, has not announced anything, but I don't believe he's here for practices. So, you know, they'll be without him as well for the Peach Bowl. But you still look at what they have up front in Adisa Isaac, uh, you know, opposite him, Denied Dennis Sutton, I think is poised for a big game. At linebacker, Curtis Jacobs is playing despite declaring for the draft. You know, Abdul Carter, I think, is a real chance to have a nice game here. You talk about that speed, right, Bob? Sideline to sideline, when when Abdul is is keyed in and and, and there, there's few linebackers in the country, I think, that has his just natural ability to get to the ball. Uh, and I think that's going to be crucial not only in stopping Quinshawn Judkins, one of the best tailbacks in the country, but Jackson Dart, a quarterback who I think is probably the best quarterback Penn State will play this year. Um, you look at the two you know, the two best teams they played, Ohio State and Michigan. I, I you know. McCord is gone, uh, and uh, you know after transferring out of Ohio State, and I don't, I don't think JJ McCarthy is really all that. I mean, he's more of a game manager. Jackson Dark can beat you with his arm, he can beat you with his legs, and I think a player like Abdul, and you look at Adisa and what and how well he's done this year, just in space chasing people down. I think Penn State has the speed on defense uh, that while those guys might get you for a play or two, 
I do think that they have what it takes to uh, not only keep them in check, but really throw them off kilter, get after them, apply the uh, you know apply that pressure uh, and that chaos in the backfield uh, that Penn State has you know made a staple this year, leading the leading the country in sacks and ranking third in tackles for loss. Speed at all three levels of the defense has been a constant for Penn State. The fact that they how they play their defense, how they commit to their depth. They've developed players behind the stars that are now almost looking like stars or breakout players, even either in this game or early next year. I mean, it's gonna it's it's too bad that we're not gonna see Chop one more time. But like you said, there's so many good players on this Penn State defense. I wanted to bring up one thing with you. Uh, I I I checked. Um, and I, it didn't surprise me. I, other other than Blake Corum, I think he was the only runner that got over 100 yards uh, all season. No surprise. He's a hell of a player. But they did face some pretty good backs. Um, this this guy, quit, to, to do what he did in the SEC after two years, I think Herschel Walker is the only other guy in the SEC that's done it. He ran for over 1,500 yards last year. A thousand yards this year, and I alluded to the fact the offensive line I don't think is the same as it was last year, and he's been a marked man. This is a big guy, and I'm, I'm what I want to see is I I know that he is going to be tough for one guy to bring down. Uh, the physical challenge he's going to present this fast, athletic Penn State defense is going to be something to see. But if if they can if they can discourage him and limit what he can do. I know that this is a good quarterback that they're going to see, but I think the offensive line kind of negates some of his talents. I'm talking about old misses. I really think this game comes down to how much damage Judkins can do and kind of maybe take some of the pressure off this quarterback because if they're in long-yarded situations against this defense with that offensive line, I don't think it's going to go well for old Miss, but I think Judkins and what he can do or what he can't do is another big storyline in this game. Definitely, Bob. I mean, it only takes one crease for a running back like that to hit and then take it 40, 50 yards and you know can flip a game on its head at that point. And I think one thing to keep an eye on when we talk about Penn State's linebackers and what they have in that front seven, um, but specifically at linebacker, we've seen it this year when Curtis Jacobs isn't on the field or if Abdul Carter isn't on the field and they're getting you know, a breather you know, for a series – and we've seen big plays come out of those scenarios on those drives. Uh, and I think just that that's something that Penn State fans who have watched this team all year will recognize when that second unit comes in. And, and sometimes it's the fits aren't right, or obviously the, you know, some of those guys don't have the speed necessarily that Abdul or Curtis might have. Um, and if Curtis is on a snap count, I, I think that could play a factor as well. So there's something to keep an eye on there. But I, I also, we, we talked about the front seven. I'm pretty confident in the safety play uh, that Penn State has, specifically with K.J. Winston has an opportunity to have a big game after coming on strong down the stretch. He looks like a star in the making uh, for the 2024 season. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do think Penn State has what they need defensively to win this game, uh, despite Chop not being there, despite Manny not calling plays. It's going to be Anthony Poindexter um, as a co-defensive coordinator with, with Rob Smith, who's an analyst uh, on the staff and has a lot of defensive coordinator play calling experience at the power five level in the past. So I think they're in good hands uh, for this game on the defensive side of the ball. I'm curious, Bob, you mentioned the offense earlier. 
uh, and and maybe their ability to dictate play or you know obviously have a say in the, in the game, right? It's, a, it's we have to look at both sides of the ball. What what are you expecting from Penn State's offense here uh, going into this Peach Bowl? Yeah, and I do think that this I think Penn State's offense is going to have a say in this game. A couple things just to watch for um, under the under the the co OCs after uh, Penn State moved on from Mike Yersich. Um, they they talked about it. They made a, a commitment to get more of their skill guys involved in the offense. And I think it's a valid point because I do think, I don't know, you know, as, as I, I'm not t- taking away anything from Mike Yersich as a play caller, but I just felt, I was surprised we didn't see more of some guys during the season. And I think it really kind of hurt their development. I think that these guys are committed to playing rotations and I think that you're going to see some players uh, show up in this game that showed up differently, even in the Michigan State game. Now, I, I know Michigan State is not Ole Miss, but things to look for, right? Bo Prabula, I, I think, is definitely you're going to see a Bo Prabula package on a fast track, and they're going to have to account for him and Drew on the field at the same time. Two other players, just to note, I know we're, it sounds weird to be talking about Nicholas Singleton, but the way that they were able to use him, especially in the last game against Michigan State, you know, he flashed as a receiver, and it's just, just something as simple as getting trying to free him up in space. Like he made a 50-yard play as a receiver early in that game that I think really cha- opened things up for that offense. It was more of a it was a short a short ball uh out in the flat. He turned it into a 50-yard catch. And I think that did wonders for his confidence. He got his only hundred-yard game of the season. They did keep him in late, but he is a guy that I think. You're going to see him used a little bit differently again in the Peach Bowl to kind of complement what Katron Allen can do. And I, Katron Allen, one thing I'm looking for is he's about 150 yards away from a thousand. And I think, I think, I think it's possible. And I think if he gets 20 carries and he gets loose, it would be really nice to see that. But I also want to just bring up the name Amari Evans because you can say what you want about Rutgers, the team that Penn State played before the Michigan State uh, game. It was the first game that Ty and Jaywan called plays. He had a chunk play in that game. He got open down the field. We saw him in the rotation, and he had a big play in the Michigan State game where Drew Aller threw it 60 yards in the air, hit him in stride. Just his presence and his speed, they talked about it. Uh, Jaywan talked about it. Ty talked about it. It impacts the defense. It forces you to play different because he can run by secondaries. The that what we saw in the blue-white game wasn't a fluke, right? He really is a threat if you get him the ball. I think you're going to see him, continue, if he's healthy, continue to make plays. And I do know uh, Keaton Ellis uh, down here at one of the media availabilities that we were able to cover uh, uh, this week talked about another guy that is healthy now is Harrison Wallace, who last played uh, in the Indiana game. I think he hurt his shoulder. up was an upper body injury. And that was really a wrap on the regular season. He is apparently he is feeling frisky in practice and he's starting to look like he did at the start of the season where he was a guy that could impact the game, gives Penn State another option in the passing game. So Harrison Wallace, uh, Omari Evans, and just what they do with Singleton and also Bo Prabula. I think this is going to be a little bit of a Penn, different Penn State offense that had gotten stale, I think, at you know, midway through the season before they fired Yersich. Yeah, I mean, Bobby, you said at the start of your answer there that so, you know, when you talk about Mike Yurcich, like no knock on him or whatever. <laughs> I think very much is a knock on him, and this is not something where it's like let's dance on the guy's you know grave, whatever. 
it did get stale. It was it was hard to watch, especially against Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, it, that was brutal. That was brutal to watch. But even you know, early in the Northwestern game, like early in some of these games, where you're like, you should be really asserting yourself right now. You have exponentially talent, more talented players. Um, you know, you saw you know, Johnny Newton, you know, for Illinois, obviously blow blow up their spot a little bit, and you can you'll have that. It is what it is, but. Omari Evans, after being like a spring darling and and starting in the spring game for what that work, you know, for what that's worth, really was not a factor at all this year until you know <laughs> until the co-offensive coordinators took over. Uh, I thought the running game was stale and predictable, uh, and again, it's Rutgers and Michigan State, right? But I just think this offense has been more more unpredictable and just better, just better since Mike Yersos was fired. Um, and you look at the running game specifically with Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. It's interesting because, you know, Ole Miss is 73rd in the FBS in rushing yards allowed per game, Bob, at around 152 per game. Guess what team is two spots ahead of them at 71? It's Michigan State. And we saw what Penn State did to Michigan State, um, you know, in the regular season finale with, you know, Katron Allen doing his thing and Nick Singleton really getting going. And I know that. You know, just like the Big Ten, the competition in the SEC is tough, and so you're facing a lot of those teams, and you're you're bound to have a bad game or two. Uh, but whereas you look at Penn State's rush defense, you know, best in the country, 69 yards per game, like they didn't really have a bad game uh, outside of the Michigan game. I, I think Penn State will have an opportunity to to run against this Ole Miss defense, and and what that does too is not only produce and wear down a defense and potentially demoralize a defense, Bob, but it's Control the clock. You you have you're able to dictate the game with a running game and with a defense that travels. And I think that's Penn State's path, you know, to success. Don't don't get too cute on offense. Why you might have a Bo Perbula package in there, and I understand that. And I, I'll you know, I'll be interested. My interest will be piqued. Um, but if you're able to just hit in the run game and let your defense take care of the rest, I think you're coming out with 11 win season and yet another New Year's Six Bowl win. Yeah, uh, before we get to our picks, I just think that it was it's an easy narrative to say it's like a W, it's it's strength on strength, Penn State's defense versus the Ole Miss offense. You dig a little deeper, you what you said is true. I think Penn State's offense, uh, I mean, sure, it doesn't take it backseat to the defense. Yes, it does, but this is I think this is a more effective offense. I think they're rested, they're I think they're they're fresh, and I think they have a they have a better grasp of uh, the, the play callers have a better grasp of how to how to attack uh, an opponent with all of the chess pieces they have. I do think the offense is going to have a big say, especially when it comes to time of possession. I think they can lean on this Ole Miss defense. Ole Miss's defense, when they, hey, look, when they played Georgia and Alabama, they weren't high score. That was not a high scoring offense. This Penn State defense is is in, definitely in the same ballpark as Georgia's. I think it's better than Alabama's. I know that's a big statement, but I do not expect to see, I do not expect to see Ole Miss in the upper 20s or even in the 30s in this game, unless there's been some mistakes made and there's been some turnovers in short fields. But I, I just don't know. I don't know that Ole Miss I, – I, I think Ole Miss is a good team, but this Penn State defense, I think, it could be another game like the Alabama game and Georgia game uh, for this Ole Miss team. But I just wanted to get to you real quick, and you can throw it in. A couple of guys I'm excited to see that I think could play major roles in this game. That You talked about K.J. Winston – couldn't agree with you more. I think he has been maybe one of the, if not the most improved player. It's a short list of players ahead of him that have, that have gotten better as a young player. Um, I, we mentioned Omari Evans for sure. Cam Miller at corner 
They have some good receivers. I don't know how much you, you mentioned. I don't know that we're going to, I don't think Johnny Dixon is going to be on the field. Uh, you know, Kalen King's a good player, but I think Cam Miller is going to have a huge role in this game against the old Miss passing game. And also the one linebacker, I think we overlooked that I thought got better is the middle linebacker, Kobe King, especially against the physical runner like Judkins, who's 210 pounds. I think he's going to have a big role and a big say in this outcome, along with Abdul and Curtis Jacobs, as long as we see him. We'll see some other guys. But I wouldn't forget about Kobe, Cam Miller, uh, and Omari Evans uh, as well. Are there a couple players you're looking for looking forward to seeing before we get to the pick? I like those, Bob. And just you know, building off the Cam Miller bit of it, when we talked to Terry Smith on signing day, because uh, you know, he's not only the corners coach, but the defensive recruiting coordinator. And there's only so much you can ask about some of those players. So you know, naturally, the conversation when we were talking to him shifted to the Peach Bowl in his corner room. And he said that Cam Miller's going to be playing a lot. And I think Johnny Dixon, you know, th- there's a part in there with that. And then also with Kalen King being down here, you know, he hasn't, again, as we record this, hasn't announced anything, but he's going to be going off to the NFL. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's on a snap count. As well. And so I think you're going to see a lot of Cam Miller. And I've, I've liked what I've seen from him, Bob. And I know you have as well. Uh, and so I would expect you know him to, to live up to it. He has a real opportunity here uh, against a good Ole Miss offense. Um, yeah. And then I guess just on, on top of that, just something else to keep an eye on. Uh, we've talked about Olu Fashanu and whether or not he's going to play. He hasn't really made that clear. Uh, if he does play, he, he is going to be very limited. Um, I would kind of not expect him to play. But, you know, if he doesn't, or if he if he is on a very short leash or short snap count, then you're looking at Drew Shelton. Uh, you're looking at Javen Williams potentially uh, at tackle. Uh, so just keep an eye on that, you know, as the game goes on. But uh, I, I like Penn State in this one, Bob. I, I do. Um, and, and this is interesting because I, I like this matchup because it feels like a first round game next year. You know, in the twelve team playoff. You know. You know, you look at Ole Miss, I mean, they're 10-2, and two, going for their first 11-win season in program history. So you can make the argument that this game means more, matters more uh, to them because they're trying to make history. They're trying to do something their program has never done in terms of winning 11 games. Um, but they lost to Alabama and Georgia this year. You look at Penn State, they lost to Michigan and Ohio State. But they took, they've taken care of business elsewhere. Um, and so I think both teams have had really impressive years. Um, you know, didn't necessarily get the the big win uh, that either of them probably wanted or had hoped for uh, coming into the year. But I, this feels like next year you'll be seeing Ole Miss at Beaver Stadium or you know a game like that. And so I do think these players will be up for this. Um, but I've got Penn State for all the reasons that we've discussed. This defense, this running game, uh, I've got Penn State 24-21. Uh, so I believe that's the under, and depending on when you get the line or when, when you got it, it could be could be a little iffy there. Yeah. Hey, I think Penn State fans know that we're not homers. Like we have, we've had when we think Penn State's in trouble, we've said it. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I did think they were a little in trouble against Michigan, and it proved it to be that way. I think this game's going to be like you said. I think it's going to be a little bit more low scoring than than some people think. I actually picked Penn State twenty three to sixteen. Uh, what just one other thing to just to throw in there, even against Ohio State and Michigan, Penn State was number one in the country in turnover margin. They were really good at protecting the football, whether it was fumbles. They had some fumbles on special teams, actually, that actually or the number would be better. But I mean, Drew's pretty cautious with the ball. Right. And they ha- the running backs are 
very good at holding on to the ball. I think they were plus 18 or plus 19 going into the game. Old Miss is plus nine, but I do think turnovers could be at a premium in this game. I think that also favors Penn State. It also favors maybe an under. I think the only way the game goes over is if there are some short fields, and I'm not sure there will be short fields. I think I think both punters are going to pin the other off. I think both t- offenses are going to have to go a long way to score. I think you're going to see some field goals in this game. I got a 23-16. I do think Penn State's better. I feel really good about their depth, and I do think, Johnny, because of the way they played some of their young players, you're going to see some players make some plays in this game that are going to have the fans excited about next year because their depth is really good. I think you're also going to see some players that have not had chances to play in the second half make some plays. I like Penn State because of its depth, because of its team speed, and I think the offense with the co-offensive coordinators is going to be more effective because I just, like we used the word stale, it was what fit uh, during the the dying days of Mike Yersuch's reign as offensive coordinator. Fresh look, uh, more players, and I think you're going to see some players step up. Yeah, and then just one more thing to add on that. I agree with everything you said there, Bob. Like, I do like Penn State's red zone offense and what they've been able to do this year from a touchdown conversion standpoint. It feels like when they get down there, whether it's through a bow package, you know, what we've seen late or the T formation or just handing the ball off in any set to Katron Allen and letting him run over like four guys in route to the end zone. Uh, I think they've done a good job from that standpoint. And so, uh, while opportunities may be limited in in a game like this, depending on you know on this game script that both of us feel like it's going to be you know kind of a, a more drag it out kind of game, I like Penn State to finish in the red zone when they have their opportunities. Uh, they haven't really turned the ball over in the red zone. They've been very they've been very efficient uh, when they get down there for the most part. And so I think that it, you know what whichever team is able to take those opportunities when they drive the field like that and not settle for field goals. I like Penn State to come out on top in that category and in the game uh, overall. Yeah. One more thing before we go, Johnny. Just make sure you stay out of trouble in Atlanta between now and noon kickoff. I know Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta is a big city. Uh, you were, I know. I know you. You live in Philly. Uh, we're not in State College. We're not in Harrisburg. It's tempting. There's a lot to do. So we both need to stay out of trouble. And we'll talk to you guys at some point uh, during the off, early in the off season, about what we've seen and what we thought about the game. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.